Hey girl, are your healthy habits all over the place or non-existent? Do you wish you could find true food freedom, move your body for joy, and really just talk a little nicer to yourself? If you have tried to have it hack your health, but the strategies you've tried just haven't worked for you in your busy lifestyle, then this podcast is for you. Hey, I'm Emily Nichols, habit and fitness coach, behavior change specialist, and Taco Tuesday enthusiast. (laughs) Hey, I'm here to tell you there is an easier way than what we've been taught about our health and our habits. How do I know? Well, because I've transformed my own life through habit hacking, and now my family gets the best of me, and I now help my clients do the same. I'm now going to teach you how to create healthy habits in less time, guilt-free for all seasons of your life. It's not your fault your habits haven't worked, my friend. We just have to do them differently. So are you ready to feel empowered and transform your habits in life? Then let's do this. You're listening to episode 193 of Self Transformed. Hey, Brian, welcome back to the show. I hope you're having a marvelous day. Hey, I wanted to make sure you come hang out with me over on Instagram. You can find me at Emily Nichols22. It's also linked in the show notes always for you. But hey, every day I am sharing one simple habit hack, one way to habit hack your health in anticipation of some new services I am announcing on March 6th. So I believe we're on, yes, we're on day three today. So I started this past Saturday. It's in the reels. Like it's just like a big quick tip. And I really just want to give you an overview pretty much of my passion and my mission behind what I do here at Self Transformed and how to really dig in deeper to your fundamental needs, uncomplicate health, and do habits differently because as women, we have to, okay? So come hang out with me over there. Like I said, we'll have a big announcement Oh my gosh, a week from today. I can't wait to share it all with you. This is all based on what I've been chatting with you all about on Instagram, on the surveys I've sent out. I so appreciate all the feedback and can't wait to put into the world some services that are really, they're really speaking to my heart and I feel so good about it and being able to meet you all where you are in your own health and wellness journey and Focusing on just your habits, you know, is such a passion of mine because it has really helped transform my own life and I know it can do the same for you. So come hang out with me there. Of course, you're always hanging out with me every week here on Self Transform and I so appreciate that, my friend. We're going to talk a little bit today about the ugly truth about self-care and resentment. Dun, dun, dun. That seems like a very like deep, deep like title, but we are going to dig deep into what true self-care looks like and resentment, okay? So I'm wondering, have you ever felt resentful in your life? I know I have. I actually share a story today about that in my conversation with our guest Marissa today. You know, maybe you have felt resentful towards your spouse. Maybe they have their own hobbies and they don't feel guilty for it. And you're like, like, whatever, right? (laughs) Or maybe you have a friend who gets to work from home while you have to go like physically to work and you feel a little resentful because maybe it seems like they have a little more flexibility in their schedule and you don't. 
Or maybe you have a coworker who seems like they are just super organized and always on top of things and you just feel really resentful because you feel like you're always behind at work and you just cannot get your life or work organized. Or maybe it's even someone you follow on social media, like their highlight reels are making you feel resentful as well. Resentment is normal, okay? What is actually resentment? So it, it resentment actually describes a negative emotion or reaction to being mistreated. There's no one cause of resentment, but most cases involve an underlying sense of being mistreated or wronged by another person. Experiencing frustration and disappointment is a normal part of life. So a lot of times in those scenarios I just described, uh, those people aren't really doing anything to intentionally like hurt you or wrong you, right? I think we get caught up in a lot of times our own feelings of wishing we could feel this way or do this thing for us or being like, I just don't have time for self-care to like not feel like a hot mess, right? It's normal. It's normal. But in most of these cases, none of these people are doing anything to intentionally hurt you or wrong you. Resentment is normal, but it can be super dangerous, in my opinion, to your relationships and even more importantly, to your own well-being if it turns into a mindset habit that just won't go away. You know, I only teach on three fundamental needs, mindset, movement, and food freedom. Mindset is always the one I personally struggle with the most, and resentment definitely falls under this. We feel resentful because we just don't feel like we take time for ourselves and we truly do maybe feel like self-care is selfish. Spoiler, it's not. <laughs> we just feel guilty. We just feel guilty and a lot of times we get caught up in our own feelings, but if we actually stopped and asked ourselves for a moment, is this true? More than likely we'd be like, no, it's not. It's not. So today's guest, Marissa Rader, is going to share more about the ugly truth of self-care in regards to how most of us busy working moms, or maybe you're not a mom, view self-care and the resentment that sometimes builds up. We're actually going to give you some tips on how to build some self-care habits that leave you feeling energized. And as Marissa puts it, it helps you steward yourself as the best mom, wife, coworker, friend, et cetera, that you can be. I love that view on self-care. So who is Marissa Rader? Let me tell you a little bit about her. She's a farm wife, mom, and business owner. Her superpower is that she believes in the women she encounters even more than they believe in themselves. She uses her previous teaching skills to meet women exactly where they are and create the biggest transformation they can. I love this so much. Make sure you stick around to the end of the show. I will, as always, share my three biggest takeaways for you. Okay, get a pen and paper handy. Let's get into today's conversation with Marissa. Okie dokie, gang. Let's get into our conversation today with Marissa Rader. Marissa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to dig into this conversation, all things self-care, self-love, all the things. But the first question I ask every guest, Marissa, is what comes to mind when you hear the phrase self-transformed? So 
I, you had given me this question ahead of time. And so I've had some time to like really think about it and kind of prepare what I think. And the thing that kept coming up for me was a lot of us are self-aware of, you know, what, what we do in our lives and what we need to change in our lives. And maybe, you know, what isn't the best parts about us. And I think that being self-transformed is like the next step further then not just being like, this is who I am. This is how I was made. This is how I'm going to be and using it as an excuse and actually setting the intention, making it a priority, having that desire to actually maybe choose something about yourself that you're like, you know what, that maybe is not, not my finest quality, but actually having the drive to go out and do something about it then to better your life, to make yourself a better person, to be that better mom or that better wife or business owner or whatever it is that, you know, the roles that you hold, being able to actually set that intention and go after it and make the change. I think that's what self-transformed means. I love that so much because, you know, we talk about self-awareness and being aware of like yourself and self-limiting beliefs that come up. But a lot of times we forget like, okay, well now I can take action and transform if I want to. I don't have to stay in this fixed mindset. I can do this or do that instead. Yes. And there's, I think that this is, this is like a whole societal thing, but people are like, you know, it's okay to be who you are and just show up as your authentic self and things like that. And there's a difference between like showing up as your authentic self and being who you're meant to be and, you know, letting your personality shine and then just blatantly like ignoring all of the things that, you know, maybe aren't your finest features because you're supposed to love yourself. But I think part of like personal growth and self-growth and, and living your best life really does come from the fact that you have to be willing to make the changes and acknowledge when something maybe could change and then actually taking action on it. Yeah. I love that so much. And that's what we're doing here. We're giving them what I like to call transformation tools, putting different tools in their little transformation tool belt to help us all thrive. Right. I love that. Yes. I, I always ask that question because everyone gives a different answer and I love it so much. <laughs> um, well, Marissa, can you share your own transformation story with us? We can get to know you a little bit better. Like what has led you into who you are today and what you do today? Absolutely. So I was always like if we go like way back, I was always an athlete and I was always healthy and busy and doing things and played sports in college. And then when I left college, it was like, now who am I? Now what do I do? You know? And so I had this whole period of time where I really had no idea like who I am as a person outside of, you know, athletics, which was basically how I defined myself my entire young adult life. And so I got thrown out into the real world and it was like, now what, (laughs) now who am I? Like, what do I actually want to be? Who do I want to be in this world? Like what kind of a legacy do I want to look behind? Like what values do I want to hold? You know, it was this whole thing. And so I, it took me a while to kind of pinpoint exactly what I wanted to do with my life. And I started off being a teacher. Actually, I went to college to be an elementary teacher and I taught for almost an entire decade And the whole time I loved what I did. I knew I was great at it, but there was just something that seemed to be missing still. And 
the further along I got, the more I started to resent the life that I was living, even though on the outside looking in, it was textbook, perfect life, you know, had a great husband. We had two kids. I was pregnant with our third girl, you know, and uh, if you were not living in our household, you would have thought like best life ever, you know, she's got all the things that she really wants or needs. And the thing was though, was that the further along I got in my journey as a mom and as a teacher, I was done happier I got. And it took one day I was sitting on the couch. I was pregnant with our third daughter. And I was like, I cannot do this another day. I cannot wake up and do the same thing over and over again, feel the same way every day, resent life the way I'm resenting it. I just can't do it anymore. And so my mind, you know, because we hear about it all the time when celebrities are exhausted and, you know, just need that time out, where do they go? They go to rehab. And I put that in air quotes for exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like Googling, is there rehabs for exhaustion? Is that a real thing? Or is that mm -hmm. just like, like, you know, a coined term that when they don't really want people to know what's going on in their lives that they use, you know, turns out they do exist. Um, and so I was like, can pregnant moms, like can normal pregnant moms go there? Like, is this a thing? So I like went down this rabbit hole of Google trying to figure out like how, where I could go to just like escape life for just even a minute, just so that I could catch my breath. And as I was sitting there and doing that, and I was thinking, you know what, that would be really great. I could go do that on a beach somewhere by myself. Like I don't have to pay like a facility to allow me to relax and unwind and catch my breath and do all these things. What I really needed was my life here at home to change my real life. Yes, I could go somewhere and I could, you know, catch up on my sleep and, you know, come back feeling refreshed and rejuvenated, but give me three months and I was going to be back in the exact same spot that I was in because I wasn't actively changing anything to make my life different, to make that feeling go away. And so it was then that I decided I need to start doing something that's just for me, that's not running a business, that's not teaching kids, you know, however many hours a week I was spending on being a great teacher that wasn't raising my kids, you know, like something that was just for me. And I literally picked up a book one day. I was like, nope. I told my husband, I'm going to sit in this chair. I'm going to read this book. I don't want to hear from anybody. Like, I'm so sorry, but right now this is what I'm going to do. And he was like, okay, like whatever you do you. <laughs> and that book, I couldn't tell you one thing I learned from the book. I can tell you the book. It was how to get shit done was the name of it, but I can't tell you anything from inside the book that was transformational. I'm sure there were a hundred things in there, but it was just the, the actual act of sitting down choosing to take those two hours that day to read a book. And that was how that habit was formed. Now I read, you know, probably 40 to 50 books a year because I love it. And that was something that I had given up because I didn't feel that I had time for. And that was just a lie. You know, it was a lie I was telling myself. And so that was actually like the gateway into my personal development journey Fast forward, you know, two or three years later, and now I'm coaching women on, on how to build healthy habits and self-care and what that actually means and how to not have resentment and not to feel entitled to self-care, but to use it as a way to steward 
the other work that you're doing in the world of being a mom, being a wife, you know, having, having a business or, you know, showing up for your job. It's not something we're entitled to, but it's something that if we use it appropriately, it, it allows us to show up even better in all the other facets of our life. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of women were probably just like, yes, they, they saw themselves in your transformation journey there, Marissa, because I think we do lose sight of really ourselves and who we are because we're wearing all these other hats, which are great, but we think those are all more important than who we truly are and what can really fulfill our soul. Like you said, if you went away for three months, like on a beach, that sounds amazing, but you still got to fix and take action on what's happening at home. And I love how something so simple, like you said, a gateway, just reading a book one time was a gateway to like so many other things. We call it um, a positivity snowball. Like we're just one thing yes. you do it and you're like, huh, what? well, that wasn't, that wasn't so hard. And I feel really great. And like, my kids don't care that I sat here and read a book. Like I don't have to feel guilty about that. What else can I do? from here. And it just keeps snowballing from there. I love that yes. so much. I like, I'm, I'm curious. I want to explore like resentment for a second, just a little bit more. Yeah. I think that's really important to remind folks that that's normal to feel that because I kind of felt that for myself too. You know, when I first got married and we started having kids, my husband had all these outside hobbies and he would be like, Oh, I'm going to go do this or do that. Okay. I'll be back. And over time, I feel like I was building up resentment, resentment, like, well, I, I, I don't have time to do that, or I can't do that. Or I'd see some other mama on social media, like, oh, look at me, I'm going to the gym. I'm like, well, I don't have time to do that. And like, build up that resentment. I want women to realize that's normal to feel that way. But how do you overcome that? Oh, that's such a great question. So that is exactly kind of um, how mine started was my husband and I got married. Actually, we had both been married before and hadn't had kids. So when we met each other, we were in our late 20s and we were like, we knew we wanted to start our family and right away. So, I mean, we literally gave birth like nine months after we were married. Like, <laughs> and so we started off just right away. You know, I went from being just myself mm -hmm. to, you know, married, welcoming a baby in the first year, like all of these things. And my husband was golfing every Tuesday from May until September. And he was bowling on a bowling league every Wednesday night from September until April. And I had to give up playing ball in my volleyball league because it, I had to drive 45 miles one way to do it. So I was spending an hour and a half in the car just to go play one volleyball game, you know? And so I gave that up because I felt like I couldn't leave them on Wednesday nights. It was the same night. So I let him bowl and I had to give up volleyball, mm -hmm. you know? And so it was just, it was these things that at the time I was telling myself like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like that's, you know, but once you make that one decision to sacrifice yourself for other people, then it becomes that much easier. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a place where that's all you're doing then is mm -hmm. all of a sudden you don't even know who yourself is anymore. You don't have any hobbies. You don't even know what you enjoy, you know, and because things do change. I mean, for me, yeah, I still love a good volleyball game, but I can't marathon a volleyball tournament anymore on a Saturday. Like it just, it's just not, it's just not me anymore. And I've come to terms with that, but that was a really difficult transition to make from 
the only person I'd known myself as to now not feeling like I knew myself at all. And I started finding that um, I just thought like, oh, if we just, if we have another kid, that'll keep me even busier. Like, you know, like it's all these things like, yes, we wanted another kid. I mean, there were lots of things that played into the decision, but then all of a sudden I found myself pregnant with our third. And I was like, was I even meant to have kids? Like, is this real life? Like, should I have just been like a non-mom for for eternity because I do not feel like I'm doing anyone justice right now. And so what I find is super helpful. And I work on this with my clients. This is one of the first things we do is really sitting down and deciding who you are as a person. Like, what are your core values? Who do you want to show up as in this world? And separating those from the roles that you play or that you hold in your life. There's a difference between who you are as a person and the roles that you hold, you know, mom, daughter, wife, you know, sister, whatever it is, it's, it's, you have to actually separate those out. You are your own person. Like, yeah, you're a kick-ass mom, like super keep showing up as her and doing all the things and loving your babies to, to your fullest extent. Like that is what you were put on this earth to do as a mother, like do it, but you have to sit down and figure out what do I enjoy? Who do I enjoy being around? What activities do I like? What don't I like? You have to actually sit down and ask yourself these questions because once you can figure that out, then those can start becoming part of your priorities. And so I talk a lot about my VIP method, which is knowing your values, setting the intentions for your day, your life, your week, your month, whatever time frame you're looking at, and then knowing what your priorities are. And obviously the easy ones are, yeah, my family, and we maybe say ourselves sometimes, but the resentment goes away when we can start saying, these are the pieces that make me whole outside of being a mom and being mm. a wife. And once I started, I started a business just for me, just for fun, just for something to, to have that was just mine, that wasn't you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I started it for my kids or my family or whatever. That was not me. I literally started it just for me. It was a very selfish act. <laughs> no, <laughs> it turned not, into something, but it's not. It right? turned into something really, yeah. really great yeah. for my family. At the yeah. time, I felt like it was selfish that totally. I was doing yeah. it, you know, but really what it did is it allowed me to walk away from my teaching job. I'm now able to go to my, my daughter's school, her kindergarten class tomorrow and play math games with a parent, which I would have had to have found a sub to do when I was still mm -hmm. teaching, yeah. you know, teaching is not a super family friendly profession no. as much as it no. claims it is. It's not. And <laughs> You're with yeah, yes, kids. exactly. And which is fulfilling in itself, but I just got to the point where I resented all of it. I resented other people's kids. Like I don't even care to be around other people's kids now. Right. And I used to like think, I mean, literally I was willing to die for other people's kids. If the scenario came up at a school, you know, like, and now I have zero desire to even like hang out with other people's kids, which is terrible <laughs> to say, but that's, that's just me now. That's you how I've been that person. That's okay. <laughs> I think that's really but, important to point out though. Like we get so tied up in our roles and our titles of who we are that we just forget like, well, what do I actually really need? And I feel like, you know, like you said, what are your hobbies? What are your core values? What do you, who do you want to be around? You know, like, I feel like your friend groups even change as you come into realization with this, 
But like you said, I think another tier of that is also like, what do I need in regards to like self-care? And for moms, you know, a lot of times we're like, I don't have time for that. It's frivolous things, you know, self-care is selfish. I shouldn't be doing that. And I feel like self-care has gotten a bad name and I got, I got a bad reputation for itself. And I know you've talked a little bit about like the ugly truth of self-care. And I would love for you to kind of elaborate that a little bit more for our audience. Absolutely. So I think that once again, it's a, it's a thing that our entire society has kind of provided for us in the self-care realm. There's a difference between taking rest and rejuvenating and doing these things in the name of, you know, being our best selves and then feeling like we are completely entitled and, you know, like I'm guilty of it. There are still days where I am homeless, sick kids, or even just last week, our youngest daughter's been sick for a month on end. I mean, we've seen croup, strep, ear infections, RSV all in the last month. I mean, it has been, I mean, it's been a rough go at it. And my husband really wanted to go to the local high school football game last week. And I was like, I would really love for you to do that. But I have been at home with a toddler who is so sick. She hasn't even played. I mean, we spent a night in the hospital last week. Like oh. I need you to stay home. And I used to look at those times as like, I deserve this. I'm entitled to this because I just spent this entire week doing all of these things while you got to leave the house to go work. And I had to stay at home and I had to work with a sick toddler, you know? And so it, my mindset used to be that I deserve this. I'm entitled to this. And then I got to thinking like, that doesn't do anybody any good. That's where resentment comes from is when we have that mentality. And so now I come at it as, at the, as the perspective of that, I need these things to steward myself as my best wife, as my best mom skills. Like I cannot show up and be the best loving mom that I can be and care for my sick child if I'm not also simultaneously taking care of myself. And yes, there's times where you're going to be exhausted and you can't really help it. And, you know, you need that break, but it's, it's completely a mindset shift that you have to make. You're not entitled to these moments of self-care, but if you're using them to steward yourself in a way that allows you to show up for those roles and for yourself in, in the best light, that's when self-care really needs to take precedence. So for me, did I go have my nails done last week? No, you know, like a lot of times we think of self-care as like having our nails done. I have my eyelashes done. I get my hair done. I have a massage. I do all of these things or whatever. But that to me is, is a privilege. It really is. I do enjoy it. It's great. It, but to me, that's a privilege for me. Self-care is really those basic things. Like I'm exhausted this week. I need you to stay home from the football game to help me get the kids in bed, to help navigate the arguing that's going on because they've been fighting all week because they're tired of being together. <laughs> We're all tired of being together, you know, kind of thing. But just being able to speak up for your own, your own basic necessities mm. to be that best self. And that's just one example because that one's fresh in my mind, obviously. But, you know, I think it's one that a lot of people can relate to, especially this time of year as sickness is 
you know, mm-hmm. rampant right now. But even when you're sick yourself and we think, oh, I just push through. If I just get through this or I have to show up for this or I have to do this. But the thing is, is that what you're saying, this comes into boundaries then and we get into boundaries where it's like, <laughs> you know, what you're saying yes to means you're saying no to something else. And so really knowing what those priorities are. So if you want to show up for your kids and your family and your job and your clients and whatever else, then you need to steward yourself in a way that allows you to show up for them in the long term. So pushing through right now in this instance, when you're not feeling the best or when you're exhausted might not be in the best interest of everyone. And I think that goes back to that whole resentment thing. That's where the root of some of that comes from is when we feel like we should do something instead of actually saying, what do I need right now? Did you know you are more likely to have your habits stick and meet your goals when you are tracking your progress? Well, maybe you need some tools to help you do that. So that is why I created the Transformation Shop. So the shop offers simple, affordable tools to help you lose the overwhelm. When it comes to what healthy habits to focus on, then we bridge the gap with simple habit strategy to make it work in your busy life. So there are simple habit trackers, tools specific to your fundamental needs like an emotional eating log, fitness tracker, mindset reset, journal pages, and more more. And you'll notice with every download, it comes with a free mini training from me, a video training to help you learn how to use that tracker and habit hack it in your life. Plus, you can also find mini workshops and my courses available for you there too. So the shop is going to help you habit hack your health in order to transform into the best version of you. So let's go visit www.transformationshop.co and let me know what tools you'll be using to help habit hack your health in order to transform into the best version of you. I love that view so much because I think a lot of folks think of self-care as feeling like entitlement. Like I deserve to go like do this or I deserve to be like, hey, I'm going to go up to the bedroom for a second and like just shut the door for 15 minutes and be by myself. Um, but there, but like you said, if you're coming from a place, so how is this going to, you know, take care of my basic needs so I can help my kids. I can be more, a little bit more patient with my husband gosh, that's such a high form of self-care and everybody wins in that situation, Yes, right? Everyone wins. Yeah. You don't want your husband resenting you because you're like, well, I'm going to go do this because I was with your kids all day. You know what I mean? Like it can turn into a lot of negativity that way. I feel like that's a really great way kind of like segue into talking about mom guilt because I think mom guilt is so real. It creeps in all the time, no matter how much work you do, like- there's going to be yes. these random moments. My boys are 14 and 11. And even now, like all the work I've done every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, I feel bad. And they're like, we don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like, we would have just been on our devices or with our friends anyway. So it's yeah. fine. They're like, I just need a ride. And like for you to like, give me like, buy this for me ahead of time. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. And some snacks, maybe some yeah, snacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some, all the snacks, all the snacks with my guys. But yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, we come from a place of guilt if we are taking time for ourselves or if you were, you know, to ask your husband like, hey, you know, 
I really wish you wouldn't go to that game and here's why. But then afterwards, we're kind of like, oh, I feel guilty for doing that, though. So how do we kind of overcome that or maybe find um, the maybe some of the triggers that are happening in our life that are making mom guilt happen? Absolutely. So I think um, some of the places where mom guilt is really prevalent, it, it comes from social media. So the first thing that you have to think of is you're the only mom that your kids are ever going to know. Mm. You're the, you're it. You're the only mom, which can feel kind of heavy when you think about it. Like, ah, yeah, I just kind of felt okay. like, oh. yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> but the thing is, is that, you know, they aren't, they don't care that that mom is doing Pinterest ready Valentine's activities for their entire class because they don't know any different. They know how you run your household. And that's where like knowing your values, not even just as a person, but as a family and how you want to raise your kids and what values you want them to grow up and leave the house with that kind of eliminates some of that right out the get-go. Because if you can look back and say, did I teach my kids these five things that are really, really important to us that are our priorities as a family, then that's all that really matters. Then I don't have to feel guilty about it because I know exactly what I taught my kids today and that's all that matters. And so there are times, I have, I have young kids, they're three, six, and seven. And I hear every now and then like, mommy, why do you have to work all the time? Well, the thing is, is that we also have to talk about that most mommies go to another job. Mm -hmm. Most mommies have to leave the house and when you need somebody to drop you off at school in the morning, they go from a daycare to school. They don't have their mommy be able to drop them off at school. Or you want to start dance and dance class starts at four. If mommy was teaching, that wouldn't have happened if she was in her other job. So yes, mommy does work sometimes at night or on Saturdays when you're around, but that's because mommy gets to take you to do all of the things that are really important to us as a family. And so we really break all of those things down and we're very honest with our kids about it. And I won't lie. I felt that guilt that you were talking about after I told my husband, like, please stay home. And he did stay home because that's normal. But the thing was, was just having open communication with him. And I flat out told him, I said, I feel really bad. I am really sorry that I had to ask you to stay home. But I also knew that if I let you go and you came back, then we were both going to be angry at each other because I was going to resent you. You were going to be mad because I was mad and I'm mad every time you get to go somewhere and I have to stay home with the kids, you know? <laughs> and so I think that when, when we look at that mom guilt, we have to really just lay it all out there. What is our priorities for our family? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What's the intention behind it? And then just reminding yourself of those because the guilt is always going to be there. It's going to creep in, especially when we least want it to, but being able to be self-aware enough to know, understand that that's what you're feeling in the moment. And then being able to look back and say, no, I don't need to feel guilty about this and have your justifications of it through your priorities and through your values and your systems that you've put in place for yourself, I think is, is the easiest way to start combating it. And then eventually your brain learns the tricks and the trades and it realizes like, oh, we don't do this anymore. And then it becomes less and less. And so 
I think that that's that's the easiest way to to start combating it. Well, it's it's a habit you have to work on and practice yes. over time. And um, coming from a place of you know communicating with your whole family, you know, there's been times when I've been like, "Hey guys, do you mind if I do this?" And most of the time, they're like, "Nah, I don't mind, mom." Or sometimes they're like, "Well, hey, can we do this instead?" And I'm like. Hey, if that works, yeah, let's do that instead. I think getting them involved in the conversation helps them yes. feel empowered too, to be like, for them eventually to speak up and be like, yes, I want to do this or no, I don't want to do that. And being okay with that and them not feeling guilty too over time too, as well. So I think the big overarching theme here you know, is coming from a place of being aware, like we talked about, and your healthy habits, your self-care habits really need to come from a place of self-love and, you know, really thinking about how us taking care of ourselves is really going to ultimately lead to a successful family, a successful mindset for yourself, um, relationships, everything, and that it takes practice, right? Yes, absolutely. And it will feel very unnatural at first if it's yeah. definitely if it's something that you're not used to doing. And I don't like the I don't like the saying practice makes perfect because that's unachievable. Yeah. But the more well. you can train your brain is how I like to look at it. The more you can train your brain to do these things on autopilot, the easier it gets. And mm -hmm. then before you know, it's like that snowball effect that you were talking about earlier with the positivity. It's like one thing leads to the next. And then before you know it, you've got these systems in place. And it's easy to look at someone like you or I who has been working years on their systems and being somebody that's just starting off in this journey and being like, well, cool. Yeah, you have all these systems in place. Yeah. But you know how we got these systems in place? Messy, messy action. And there's no like defined road like roadmap. If there was a roadmap to happiness, we'd be millionaires, but there's okay. not. No. Yeah. I always tell folks, I'm like, Hey, I'm not that farther ahead of you. Like, I'm always like, I feel like I'm a couple steps forward. Then I take a couple steps back, depending on the season yes. of my life, like where I'm at in my business, where it's at school year wise, activity wise for the kids. And that's okay. I mean, that's just life and being okay with ever evolving, using these systems when things come up and giving yourself a little grace over time. Absolutely. I love that you brought up the different seasons too, because um, that kind of goes with that work-life balance that we try to find, which is something else that I just love talking about because I am one of those that likes to like go against the status quo, like how other people think. And work-life balance is one of those like mythical unicorns that doesn't exist that you're going to spend your entire life looking for. It's like Bigfoot. You're never going to find it. And so I like part of that comes with the mom guilt, I think, honestly, is like we feel like we need to have this perfectly balanced life. And the thing is, is that why do we feel like we need to completely separate work and life? I, I don't understand that concept. I never have because work provides my livelihood and my experiences and the life that I can provide for my kids and my family. And so why am I trying to separate those? And so for both my husband and I were both self-employed, he farms. And so that is, we don't have a, a balance per se, sure. but what we do look at is we know that obviously harvest is a really busy season for my husband. Mm -hmm. He's going to be working 
hundred plus hour weeks. Yeah. My kids don't really see him. He goes and he does chores at 5 a.m., comes home and feeds them breakfast just so he can see them once in the day. Like that's the only time he sees them, you know? And so then when harvest is over, then we have a little more flexibility. So we know that that time frame is going to be busy, that there's not going to be much balance in our lives, that I'm going to be picking up a lot of the slack. But then as soon as harvest is over, we also know that the pendulum needs to swing the other way then. Mm -hmm. Then we need to start spending a little bit more time intentionally with our kids and with our family and not necessarily making up for it, but refilling those buckets. You know, I like to think of it as like, they're not going to be balanced, but when one starts to get low, then you need to make that conscious decision. Am I going to fill it back up or am I going to ride it out and let it continue to be like this? And so if you're launching a new product or you're starting a new business, there's going to be some hustle involved in that. And some other things are going to take a back seat. But as soon as that's over and you've got your footing in whatever it is that you're doing, then you can go back and start to reevaluate and realign the things and maybe swing that pendulum the other way and spend more time with family then. And so it's allowing it to move back and forth, I guess, is my best advice for that and not allowing it to become a habit where you're working all the time and your family's suffering. Yeah. Or when you're in a season where, you know, maybe your spouse is gone a lot and you just throw your hands up and you're like, okay, well, whatever. And then you build up that resentment again and you feel like it's going to be the way all the time and realizing like, just kind of having a moment to be like, okay, this is just a season communicating with them. You know, I just had a launch last week and was communicating with my husband, like, Hey, there's some times I'm going to have to have my laptop out um, a couple evenings this week. Cause I'm just tweaking some things. Like I'm trying to turn off as quickly as possible, but it's, I'm doing this to allow more flexibility later on. And he's like, okay, cool. Like, but yeah. if I didn't, you know, if I would have been coming up to our room with my laptop, he would have been like, Ugh. Why, why are you working? Like, why are you working right now? And, it, you know, then he builds that resentment too. So this is such an important conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's just one that like, it seems so simple when you hear other people talk about it like this, but when you're in the thick of it, it's really hard to, yeah. to grasp it and, and wrap your mind around it. Yeah. Well, and balance feels different for everybody and reevaluating what that feels like for you and your family. Like you said, going back to those core values, I think is super important. So Marissa, I love this conversation with you. I could talk about all things, healthy habits, self-care, all the things. Um, I want to finish off with a couple of like rapid fire questions. I, someone did this with me. I was interviewed on another podcast last week and I was like, that was fun. I'm going to start doing my show. Yes. No, I think that'll be great. I got three rapid fire questions. So what is your top healthy habit you're doing right now? My top healthy habit is not hitting the snooze button. That's good. That's good. What is your drink of choice at Starbucks or your local coffee shop? A hot chocolate because I cannot stand coffee at all. (laughs) (laughs) I love a hot chocolate. My kids like um, white hot chocolate. Yes. Oh, yummy. Yep. What is the last thing you bought off of Amazon? Oh my gosh, this is, I actually like have to think about this. Um, it was parts for my husband's ATV, <laughs> which we never do, but he, it, it quit working. And he was like, you know what? I fixed tractors. I think I can fix this. And I was like, oh, yeah, Let me hop on sure? the computer and see if we can find it. Yeah. <laughs> so he found the parts and I was like, uh, add to 
Cart. Maggie All right. Cart. We'll send, send up a quick prayer that it works and that he can fix it. Like <laughs> Teamwork. I love it. My husband's all the time like, hey, I put something in the cart. Like and all the time I'm like, I got to do the quick return because it didn't work or this didn't work. I love yes. it. <laughs> so good. So good. Well, Marissa, it was so nice chatting with you. Where can everyone connect with you? Absolutely. Thank you again for having me. You can find me on Instagram at lifecoach underscore Marissa. Um, that's where I hang out the most, or you can hop on my website. I have lots of blog posts and different things like that. Um, MarissaRader.com. And I have a shop on there that I just started, which is super awesome. And if you guys use the code self-transformed, you'll get 10% off anything you get off the website. So fun. We'll make sure to link all of that in the show notes for everybody. Marissa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Marissa, thank you so much for this conversation. I feel even more energized and confident in my own self-care habits after listening back to our conversation. I hope you feel that way too, my dear listener. So let's get into my three takeaways of this conversation with Marissa Rader. So number one, resentment is normal. If you were listening to this episode and then you feel guilty for feeling resentful, that's totally normal. What I really want you to dig deep though into is thinking about situations where you find yourself resentful and why. And why that is. I don't want it to become a mindset habit for you where you just cannot dig yourself out of it right? You feel like you are just always sacrificing for yourself, for others, right? You're sacrificing your time, your well-being, your health. And then you are just so resentful. Like for example, if your husband is going to the gym every day after work, no problem. He's getting in the best shape of his life and you are tired and hungry all the time and you wish you could just move your body and eat healthy, but you're so tired. You need something convenient and you need um, some chocolate or a glass of wine too (laughs) on top of that. That is okay. Sometimes, you know, the lie we tell ourselves is that we don't have enough time. Like Marissa told her, told, um, talked to us about today in this episode, You know, if you need a little check-in, make sure to go check out in the transformation shop. There's a habit inventory download in the shop to help you track where your time is going. So maybe you can eliminate some time wasters to put time for yourself back into your life. Number two, we are losing ourselves, my friend. We are losing ourselves. I felt this deep. I felt this deep in my bones because I feel like I lost myself when I first became a mom. I felt like this is my ultimate title. This is the most important job I will ever have. No doubt about that. But I wasn't allowing myself to remember who I am. I was just defined by my roles. I was working. I was taking care of my boys. And that was it. That was it. That was it. And I was trying to be a good wife too on top of all of that. I want you to think about what are your core values. We talked about this in the early part of the new year in January. You can go back and listen to those episodes, really figuring out what are your core values and those habits you can do to help expand those core values. So maybe when your core values is family, okay, great. How can you steward yourself to show up as the best mom possible, right? What is something you can do just for you? What is something you can do just for 
you. I found that outlet in movement for me or just going for walks. Maybe that's something creative for you. Maybe it's knitting. (laughs) Maybe it is, you know, reading fun books, which is something on my vision board for this year, which by the way, I haven't completed my vision board yet. I know it's almost March. I've had some other things come up and it's it's coming. It's coming. And if you haven't created a vision board and you wanted to, don't worry. It's okay. <laughs> We're all in this together. We still got time. So really think about who you are in your core values versus just the roles you hold. Okay. These are actual needs you need to be cultivating so you can have that harvest day and have it your family reap the benefits. I love that analogy. (laughs) All right. And number three, self-care is a choice. It is a choice, my friend. It can be seemingly a big thing to do, but it can also be something so, so tiny, just a tiny little habit. Like Marissa talked about reading. It was a gateway habit. What is a gateway self-care habit that you can do just for you to help you find yourself and be able to steward yourself as the best you for your loved ones. Now, keep in mind the season of life you are in, okay? If you are like, this is busy, busy time, I got no time, like you literally do not, what is gonna best serve you and your habits? So maybe it is, you know, what's gonna serve me right now? Just reading 15 minutes before I go to bed at night. That is like stewarding my own self-care habits right now and that helps me, you know, connect or disconnect from the world, right? Or maybe you're in a season of life where you're like, okay, the pendulum has swung, like Marissa said, and I have a little bit more time in my schedule. Maybe it's um, when the kids go back to school in the fall, you know, your schedule frees up maybe a little bit, or maybe not. Maybe you're like me and I'm an Uber driver for my kids everywhere too, which I love them. Best conversations ever happen in the car, which by the way, I'm getting ready to get my son his learner's permit in the next couple of weeks. And I'm already thinking like, gosh, when he drives in the next year, we won't have a lot of that one-on-one time in the car to like talk. So I'm like, I'm going to have to like have him drive me places now. (laughs) Anyways, I digress. I digress. Can you tell I'm getting a little emotional thinking about my babies growing up? Ah. But this is a choice. So it doesn't have to be big. Think about the season of life you're in and what is something you can do for you. Okay. My friend, it's okay to feel resentment. I just don't want you to go into a deep, dark hole and get stuck there. Create your own self-care habits that are going to fulfill you and your soul and help you steward the best of you to your loved ones. Marissa, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I love this conversation with you. Gang, I'll make sure to link everything, Marissa, in the show notes for you to connect with her. Again, make sure to come follow me on Instagram at emilynichols22. We'll talk about those healthy habit hacks over there leading into our big announcement next week. But in the meantime, I'll catch up with you very, very soon. Hey girl, real quick before you go, if you want some free motivation texted to you every week to help you habit hack your health, send me your favorite emoji to 773-904-2157 to sign up for my weekly pump up texts. I can't wait to catch up with you there. And if you have any quick questions for me or feedback, it's me on the other end. So text me back, friend. And if you love the show, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a rating and review in iTunes. That way more 
mamas can find the show. Tag me in your Instagram stories at emilynichols22. What you love about the show. Show me your review so I can shout you out. Love and appreciate you, friend. I'll see you next time.